0: Welcome into this week's edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group and from the hometown Toyota Store Studios on ESPN Denver 1600 as we chat a little Denver Pioneers lacrosse heading into uh, the third to last scheduled uh, regular season game in 2021. May have won makeup later on. You got a conference tournament. You got an NCAA tournament. There's still plenty of time, but it is sort of crazy that we've got like three weeks left in April uh, for this 2021 men's lacrosse season. My name is Tyler Munn joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as Denver comes off of a home win over the Marquette Golden Eagles, 16-6 to last time out. Coach, uh, a couple days into this week and getting set for a, a team you haven't seen yet in Villanova, but um, take me through, you know, kind of the biggest takeaways from uh, that 16-6 win on Saturday over Marquette.
1: Well, you know, it was a challenge, and we knew it was going to be. Uh, you know, Marquette plays a, a very different defensive style. They're, they're tough kids, and they. Uh, it was a challenge, uh, despite – despite, you know, uh, being pretty dominant in the face-off place, uh, you know, and having our opportunities, I thought they, um, they did a really good job. I thought that, you know, their goalie made a lot of saves. Uh, I thought we early in the game weren't very, um, polished and, uh, but, you know, again, uh, you are got to play these tough teams. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, Jack Thompson played really well on the goal, especially when we needed him to. And then, and the defense played well. So, um, you know, if you're gonna be a if you're gonna be a championship team, it can't just be your your offense scoring 19 goals. It can't be just your defense holding somebody to four or five goals. It's got to be, hopefully, a combination of both. But uh, more likely, um, one will be very good on one day and the other will be very good on the other i thought early in the game we were very good defensively and then certainly when uh, when matt brown and and uh, eric adamson got the offense rolling um in that fourth quarter i thought we warmed down a little bit we played a lot of people it was a hot day and then uh you know you had guys like j.j silstrop and drew erickson and some of those guys come in and uh, and do a great job and and open the game up at the end
0: Coach, you got a a fully healthy complement of guys going into last week, which obviously has got to help. Um, And I know when we talked uh, going into last week's game, one thing we talked about a lot was the previous matchup with Marquette and how a team uh, like Marquette doesn't go away because of the way they're coached, because of how they uh, play just energy-wise and all of that. Um, let's talk about that first half first, though, and then we'll talk about how strong your guys were able to close. It's just a, a 6-4 game at halftime. Um, the third quarter, you really come out strong. What did you see from your guys in the first half, and what was the conversation like at halftime?
1: Well, you know, the conversation early in the game was one of we're not playing Denver lacrosse. We, I thought we took some shots that were um, – you know, look, all our guys want to help our team. You know, there's, there's nobody out there that's saying, well, I'm going to score a goal and I don't care about the team. They all want to help the team. And, and Matt has instilled that in, in, in them, you know, from day one, when you start a game and you, you try to make individual plays, however, with a system like ours, that's not a great way to start unless, unless you score on the first two shots, you know, and, uh, you know, we haven't done that since the first province game. You know, so what we needed to do was just come out, as Matt always says, let the ball do the work. Um, you know, get get them spinning a little bit, and uh, and then get the best shot, not just a shot. <clears throat> and so early in the game, we weren't there. I thought, uh, even though the first quarter, I think we were up four to one, um, and then at halftime, six to four. Interestingly enough. Their goals they scored in the second quarter, they had those, those two goals in a row to make it four to three. I thought we we started to show signs of life offensively in that quarter, even though we only scored two in that quarter and four in the first. I, I thought it was just much better ball movement. Where well, I was comforted with the fact that we were playing good, solid defense in that first half. Jack was playing well in the goal. We were winning faceoff. So the conversation at halftime was more of let's continue what we're doing now and and the ball will start falling and their goalie played great so um you know so uh we're gonna see more of that this week we can't get frustrated when their goalie makes saves and uh you just got to keep banging away um so halftime was fine it was just more of uh you know our normal you know this is what this you know matt always comes up with okay, Nat, I've seen them for a half. This is what they're doing differently. This is what we're going to do differently. Uh, Defensively, we felt comfortable in in what we were doing. So we needed to just clean a few things up and uh, we needed Jack to keep playing the way he was.
0: One of the things that uh, we talked about post-game on Saturday and um, a guy who has been kind of the heart and soul of this program for his time in Denver, he scores your final goal of the first half and that's Ethan Walker's 23rd of the season. And with that uh, becomes the all-time points leader in program history. And uh, you know, I was saying after the broadcast, I think most people would probably look at it and think, well, you know, Westberg was here for four years is technically Ethan's fifth season. He's probably played more games. I think he's played about a dozen fewer games uh, than Westberg over the course of his career. What does it mean to you to see, you know, we don't talk a ton about individual accolades and all of that, but for Ethan, what he's done as a distributor and what he's done as a scorer and doing all of it with uh, defenses keying on him for the last four, plus years to kind of put his career uh, into some perspective where he is right now what does it mean to you guys as a staff
1: well first the, 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 the comparison between Westberg and Ethan Walker in my estimation comes really simply with they always play big and big games you know there, there were times you felt like when you were winning you know you knew you were going to win by a lot that Berge and, and even Ethan at times, not quite as much, but the Ethan at times would be um, not disinterested. Neither one was ever disinterested, but more likely to be um, uh, more anxious to help the others, more anxious to get us a, a hockey assist, more anxious to find the open guy. And, and so that's, you know, that's the, the, you know, the comparison that I would make between those two as athletes as players are totally different players, you know, righty, lefty. Uh, but Ethan Walker has been, um, you know, a superstar since the day he walked in the door. And I think that in his, <clears throat> his junior year, that the only thing that Ethan, you know, maybe made a mistake on is feeling like, you know, Conor was gone and, and Westberg was gone and, and everybody was gone. And so he had to do a lot more than he really had to. But uh, he, he can always count on Ethan. He practices as hard as he plays in games. He uh, cares so much about his teammates, as I said on uh, you know a couple of the interviews. This was more than Ethan Walker, um, the lacrosse player. Ethan Walker is one of the finest young men I've ever been around. And I know I say uh, we've got a lot of great young men, and we do. But this guy is special. He. he uh, Cares about others so much. He just wants to be the best he can be, and uh, he always has been. And uh, you know, whether he scores six goals or he scores no goals, he's still um, he's still the focus of the other team's scouting report. And that in of itself makes him impactful. For a person like him to get these kinds of records and and not not even think twice about him just tells you what kind of guy he is. And I'm just. So proud, and I know Matt Brown's so proud to have had Ethan uh, here at DU for, for five years now, but really four years.
0: Coach, let's talk about the the second half uh, a little bit. Your defense comes out and you put up a zero in the third quarter, which I I would imagine the the lift that that gives you. You're already playing well, but knowing uh, heading out of the third, you've got a lead that's been built to eight four, um, and you see a zero up on the other side. It's got to feel pretty good for your defensive guys. Colin Squires getting recognized as the Big East Conference Defensive Player of the Week um, for the the way. Your team responded coming out of halftime, and then going into the fourth to pull away with eight goals in the fourth quarter to Marquette's final two of the day. Um, that second half response from your guys—how pleasing was that for you?
1: Well, it was good, and, and you know, again, as I mentioned earlier, we just, you know, we knew we were we were shaking some things out offensively. Balls, you know, uh, Alex Simmons—the balls just weren't falling for him. Ethan Jackson you know you got to give credit to Marquette they they did a really good job on their attack it was going to be a day, and uh, and all of a sudden they started going uh, Lucas Kotler has a big goal. Um, You know I said JJ makes a couple of great you know efforts and. uh, Jackson Morrow finds him on a great cut and so all of a sudden we we look different in that third quarter because of what Marquette was trying to accomplish but. Uh, as you mentioned, the comfort level became greater, and I just felt confident that um, we were gonna we were gonna eventually get there, which which we did because it went went from eight four to twelve four in a big hurry. And once you get to that kind of thing, and you're in the fourth quarter, you can kind of know that things are things are popping your way.
0: Big win for the Denver Pioneers on Saturday over the Marquette Golden Eagles and coming up this weekend at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium, another big-time Big East matchup against the Villanova Wildcats. We'll talk about that and uh, and a little bit more about last week's win and this current seven-game win streak for the Pioneers when we return. It's Coach Bill Tierney's show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Hometown Toyota Store Studios back in a minute on ESPN Denver 1600. Dear thrill seekers, Toyota is taking over lanes with exciting SUV savings. Get a deal on the sleek and roomy Highlander or the adventurous RAV4, the best-selling small SUV in America for the last four years. Visit Toyota.com today. Get in, Toyota. Get $12.50 cash back on a new 2021 RAV4.
1: Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2017 to 2020 sales cash from Toyota Financial Services on select models for T1 plus customers only varies by region C dealer for details. All 5321 Your front range Toyota stores are proud to be the exclusive automotive partners of DU Athletics. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. So let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future.
0: Back on ESPN Denver 1600, the Coach Bill Tierney show from the hometown Toyota Store Studios presented by Johnson Financial Group. Tyler Mon, Pioneer's head coach, Bill Tierney talking Denver lacrosse as the Pioneers head into this weekend's matchup with the Villanova Wildcats at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. And uh, coach, you uh, have a, a team that, you know, I think uh, a lot of the headlines for this squad over the last several weeks would be, man, Denver's offense is really getting to figure it figured out. 16 goals this week, 19 goals the week prior, 23 against Providence, 20 against St. John's. But defensively, Tell me a little bit about John Gallant's evolution as a a coach on this staff. I mean, a guy who was coaching high school not too long ago, um, the steps that his defense has taken week to week, obviously last year you get thrown into this mix as uh, a new guy running a staff taken over from somebody who is so well-loved and so well-regarded in John Orson and, um, John Glant comes in and, uh, you know, we're midway through a season. All of a sudden, season's done. And you kind of just have to sit around and wait and figure out what we do next uh, as, a, as a society and for you guys as a staff. But this year, it seems like week on week, everything's gotten so much better. What is it about him watching him grow uh, as a member of your staff over the last year and a half now?
1: Yeah, well, you know, if you, if you know anything about John, first of all, he's a professional lacrosse player for 18 years. So he's a professional. You know, he, he, he knows what he's doing in lacrosse. If you follow his teaching career, it's very interesting. At one point in his teaching career, he was teaching kindergarten, and, and and his last point in his teaching career, he was teaching AP AP chemistry. And I look at you know I look at 2020. He was in kindergarten. You know we we were we were catching up. We were teaching each other new languages. We were, um, you know, we were building blocks. You know, for a you know, different way of putting it. And now this year. You know he's he's teaching AP chemistry. You know, like he's he's got his own language, and he's you know he and I work really well together. I think I think what, what's worked well for the two of us is that he loves being organized. He loves film. He sleeps four hours a night, so it's it's like he's he's up at four in the morning. Um, he loves to, to he takes pride in preparing me. For what the other team is going to do, and then I kind of come in. And this has been not to jump off John because and go to me because it's important about John on this. this has been my life story. You know, whenever I've been around good people that take care of things for me, then I'm okay at at carrying them forth. And and so with his work, with his he's so. Um, He's so comfortable in his own skin. He's he's got no ego. When we practice during the week, a lot of the times he'll coach the scout team offense, or you know, because he's got everything in his head or everything written down about what they do from his film work. That it becomes easy for me then to say to our D guys, okay, Coach Gallant has this, 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 and this down. He'll show them on film. He'll show them and he'll tell them, and then. I'll throw in the little nuances of, of what, what we can do to help defend those things. And uh, I think we've been uh, we, we've worked well together. Uh, you know I love him as a guy and a family guy and all that other stuff that I think is important here. We have uh, this teacher, this teacher and teaching background that together. and so it just so happens that um, you know when, when John Orson left, I was uh, the official um, ball carrier for the team. You know, I stood in the middle of the field and, you know, watched Brownie, you know, coach the offense. Watched Orson coach the defense, and I kind of picked up cones and picked up balls, and then at the end of the game, talked to you on the radio. You know, and uh, and that was about it. But now I feel like John Gallant has brought me back to coaching again, and and it's it's so uplifting for me. And it's so comforting for me to know I got a guy that just cares so much about me, cares so much about the team, cares so much about us being successful. And he'd be embarrassed by this conversation, I'll be honest with you.
0: That's that's a really cool uh, analogy, the the teaching analogy. And especially as, you know, a team continues to grow, to have a, a guy like that who's growing along with them. And the success obviously has come with this defense over the last several weeks, uh, especially with how good they've looked. And this weekend, you'll get another challenge coming in uh, at Barton, which is the Villanova Wildcats. This is a team you haven't seen yet this season because a scheduled trip to, to Villanova a few weeks ago um, postponed due to some COVID reasons on their side. Uh, when you now are going, you know, in week 12, 13, whatever it is officially uh, of this season, seeing a conference opponent for the first time is pretty normal for an ordinary campaign this year. It's not with the home and homes, but tell me about what you know about Villanova. They've obviously had uh, a few bumps in the road with some scheduling stuff and all that. But uh, what does this Wildcats team look like?
1: Well, we know everything about Villanova, which means we know nothing about Villanova because Villanova plays a really unique style. They're always on the move. The ball is always flying. They got some really good offensive players. Defensively, they've changed a little bit and they've got a fabulous goalie. So, um, you know, it's kinda, at one point if you watch them compared to last year, you might say, well, this is different, but but they're still doing a lot of the same stuff. And a lot of that stuff is unpredictable. Whereas we felt that in some of our games that we've played, Uh, going back to John and his film and all that stuff, we've been fairly confident that we weren't confident that we could stop some of these other teams, but we've been fairly confident that we knew what they were going to try to do. Sometimes that was true. Sometimes it wasn't true, but with Villanova, um, they they let their kids play and and that brings on a real different uh, approach defensively. Um, and, And it means that we've got to really be on our toes with this team because very much like a, uh, a Marquette or a Providence, they will shoot, they will take shots and that will surprise you. But very different from those teams is that it's constant movement, constant ball movement. And you better darn well know who you're covering because of our sliding packages and everything else. We, you know, um, Colin Squires or Danny Logan or any of them could end up covering any one of the six Uh, best offensive players on their team. So it's going to be a challenge.
0: You talked about how Marquette Offensively and defensively plays a little bit of style, especially defensively, they don't slide a lot. They do some things differently. Um, with Villanova doing so much uniquely on the offensive side, obviously your guys, your veteran guys, have seen these teams before, but how much does it help them to kind of digest and process from week to week against these sort of unique styles, these unique um, patterns that teams like to run, especially now that you're getting deeper into the season? I feel like that's it's probably a very good sports mental exercise side of the game to face things like this in uh, successive weeks and potentially face teams a, a third time maybe later on this season, a second time in the case of Villanova.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. We've often said that uh, at the end of a season, our scout team has been better coached than our regular team because they change each week. We, we have to teach our scout team a new offense every week. We have to teach our scout team a new defense every week, and those kids, by the end of the year... They've seen it all. They've done it all, and and yeah, you know, they may not be as fine tuned as our defense or our offense because of not as much game time or not as much learning what we do. Interestingly enough, um, and I feel like this year defensively, we're getting more like our scout team. We're seeing so many different looks, um, and we're seeing you know uh, more and more talent over the years. Of some of these kids are just so dynamic. Um, that even when you win 16 to six, you go, wow, we had to really work hard last week to stop, you know, number 18, you know, and, and, uh, and so I, I think this year, more than any, certainly that I've been around here, we're seeing more and more unique stuff. You've got great coaching every week that you're going against. And maybe this year, because we only played, uh, other than the first few games, we only played conference uh, teams, they're all well-coached. And so, um, you know, they, they watch film too. They, they change. They do different things. And they're, they're really making us be better coaches by not only preparing for them game in and game out, but making changes during the game as well.
0: Coach, final point for you. Biggest keys uh, this weekend, taking on a Villanova squad that you haven't seen before and uh, a chance to continue this winning streak. You've won seven straight and building so much good momentum at this stage in the season. What do you want to see from your guys?
1: But Jack's going to have to play well in the goal, and, and we're going to have to win faceoffs like we've like we've been doing. Um, certainly, you know, possession of the ball is is going to be uh, of the utmost importance. Um, and then, as I said earlier, just knowing knowing their players because we are this is not going to be one where you see, you know, Colin Squires on uh, on any one guy. For for the whole game, it's going to be mixed up, and and it's because of what they're doing, and we're going to have to adjust to a lot of different things during the game. So um, I think the uh, the preparation this week is very different. It's not preparing when when this guy has the ball, he does this, he's this handed. It's it's more of be ready for some different things that may happen because I can't help you and tell you uh, when it's going to when when or what it's going to look like.
0: I actually lied, and I do have one other question for you. Uh, You finally get a little bit of energy back in Barton last week from the stands and uh you know i know even for that last weekend of basketball season having just a handful of parents and family members there um same thing for some home games so far this season but last week you know some some students uh in the crowd uh you know we had the the new head men's basketball coach in attendance and jeff wilbur and carlson Creech was there, vice chancellor for athletics and recreation and it just felt more you know you had opposing fans as well marquette brought a, a decent contingent as far as the capacity allowed what does it mean for your guys to have that behind them and to be playing you know i heard baseball players say yesterday that uh playing without a crowd is like playing without music it's just something that doesn't doesn't feel normal to have that back what did that mean for you and for your team this week
1: well uh, you know and it started in pregame. you know our, our chancellor jeremy hafner walks out on the field and taps me on the shoulder and you know when you when you when you feel like people like that care about you it means so much. And then you go to Carlton and then you go to you know Lynn and then you go to Brandon and then you go to this whole group. Uh, and then my staff, you know, of, uh, of, of just, all, everybody gets jacked up when you see people walking into the stands. And, uh, you know, we were so jacked up. We even had the national anthem two minutes early this week. And that, you know, that was, uh, that was something that we we're really proud of. And so, uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, we, we we did hear it. And because of the new spot of our bench, and hopefully we'll go back to the other one next year uh, because of COVID regulations this year, um, you hear a lot more, some things, uh, you know, I had to write a letter to our parents this week. And then, you know, there were some things that, that, you know, I, I like to make sure our, our people are, are, are saying and doing the right thing, which they are, and they do all the time, but having that, as I said to them, that, that, roar of of when we score a goal or make a great save or or pick up a tough ground ball it just brings everything back and it you know it was 80 degrees that day it was it was a hot day and so uh, it's it felt like lacrosse again and uh, and we all know lacrosse is a, a spring sport that's played mostly in the winter
0: It really did feel like a perfect day, and it was a fun one, and we got another one coming up on Saturday. Pioneer's head coach Bill Tierney, Denver and Villanova coming up this weekend at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium for uh, another fun matchup, that one with a 12 o'clock faceoff again, 1130 Pioneer pregame on FM Sports Radio 104.3, the fan coach. We'll uh, see you out there this weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Tyler. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the hometown Toyota Store Studios. Talk to you on Saturday at 1130 on the fan for Denver and Villanova.